0: Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, One-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified.
1: Bradfo Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hits Bradford. That's my open. I'm waiting for you to justify your stupid opinion. Bradfaux Show that's delicious making a second appearance on the Brad Fo show one for one he's been invited back Matt Barnes you're a little less nervous this time around aren't you
2: yeah the first there's a lot of expectations the first time
1: yeah, yeah. well you said I remember you were saying you went on you went on a run you were good for a week so if you're good for a week then you get on the show and you're like, don't jinx me, don't jinx me. But you were good for a week and you didn't stop being good. So there you go. You know that you can do this podcast. It's
2: not your show. It's or not well, your podcast. It's not a show. It's a podcast. Yes. Right. It's not your
1: podcast. Nope. It's not it there. No, it
2: probably helps.
1: It helps. It actually helped. The only person that it didn't ever help was when I did it with Brock Holt. Uh-huh. And, and he basically... The minute that I published the podcast, the moment, the actual moment that I published the podcast, he pulled up lame with a hamstring injury.
2: So he's not coming back?
1: No, he said he's not coming back.
2: That's fair. That's fair.
1: (laughs) All right. So uh, since we did the last podcast, which was probably in the first week of the season last year in Tampa, um, you got married. Congratulations. I did. Thank you very much. Yep. Tell me about your honeymoon. (laughs) Not everything, but just tell me about your honeymoon. (laughs) Uh, it was
2: phenomenal. We went to Jamaica. We uh, we did the the Sandals resorts down in White House. So uh, it was it was awesome. We stayed in the water bungalows, um, hung out on the beach. We were there for four days, so we we didn't stay terribly long. But it was, I mean, it was amazing. It really was.
1: Did you, did you, uh, when I went to my honeymoon in Sandals, I did Sandals in St. Lucia, okay. and you meet, like, the other couple, like, yeah. so you hang out with, do you do that? Or? No, we were, we stayed by ourselves the whole time. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good for you. We kind of did our own thing. <laughs> when you invite, when you have a wedding, yep. how do you, who gets the, what's the cutoff? Uh, like, it might get a little dicey because you have teammates, but, yeah. like, so what's, was anyone here pissed that you got invited to your wedding? I invited the whole
2: team, so I just made it easy. Yeah. yeah. I invited everybody, and then whoever was going to come, come, and
1: if they couldn't, they couldn't. Did you give anybody crap for not coming?
2: No. No, I mean, I get it. I get it. You know, it was we were in Florida, and it was right before winter weekend, so I mean, it would have been a lot of going here and then going there and traveling and stuff for guys. And
1: so, no, I get it. Who was the most surprise, surprising person that went? That you said, oh man, I invited them, but I didn't think they would go. I don't know if, that, I don't know if anybody. Really? No, I don't think so. No, five guys in the team came. Who? Sale, Sal, DP, Jackie. That's David Price. Yeah. That's two DP. Dustin Bedroy is also oh. his initials. He's DP. PD. Yeah. Uh,
2: heater, which is Heath Embry, and Vasky. Which is Christian Vasquez. <laughs> I like how
1: you, you bend in to, let, bend it, yeah. you bend, you have to make this perfectly clear that it's Christian Vasquez and Heath Hambury. Yes. Yeah. Um, Alright, well, congratulations. Good stuff. Uh, so tell me why you could be a closer in the Major League Baseball.
2: Well, you are jumping right into the yeah. Hard I, mean, like,
1: I mean, like, I mean, I softened you up with the wedding wedding question, and I want this. This is about honest. I mean, we, next we,
2: time I'm gonna ask for a sheet of questions so I can prepare. Why? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, we. Uh, you, uh, by the way, going back to last last yeah. time you were on the podcast. We we were the first, maybe ever, to break down something that ever, should be broken down a whole lot more, which is the the pitchers, the relief pitchers' gates. like yeah. gait in terms of how they run in from. Yeah. In, and I'm sure that every time you actually ran in from the bullpen, it was in your head, yeah. right? It was make sure
2: it's sure it a good jog,
1: right? So you paid a lot more attention to how people <laughs> run have to in. to try and
2: look athletic. Yes,
1: yeah, so that's what we as, came as, to.
2: As best as best you can.
1: Well, we said like Kimbrel. Kimbrel is like you know. Chest out right it's like that's a, that's a run in right
2: um, some guys just kind of
1: Mander and some guys take the cart now so there really is no run well we talked about that that was the reason we talked about it because the cart thing was all new right. and um, and did, it, did anyone take the cart or, yeah uh,
2: did Brazier take it in Detroit maybe
1: I think Brazier might have taken it in Detroit well why? because we made him. Well, well, we'll get to that with him when he comes <laughs> down to Twin Peaks for his Twin Peaks podcast. Okay. Um, and uh, so nobody else?
2: That seems like... I don't know a... if anybody else took it. I okay. don't. All. all right,
1: all right. We're procrastinating, so why, tell me why you can okay. be a closer in the, in the Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and this, I, I, this is like, you know, I tell yeah. my daughter. My daughter's a senior in college. She's going for job interviews, right? I say, be confident. Right. Like, be, be confident and don't be cocky, but be confident and sell yourself. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh man.
2: Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I just, over the last few years, I've I've learned a lot about the league and and about myself and um, how to best utilize my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've continued to improve every year. I mean, there's there's definitely
1: that's true. That's that's a fact.
2: Yep, there's definitely room to continue to improve. Um, but I don't know, I, I feel comfortable in, in a late inning role. I I've done it quite a bit over the last few years. Um, I have no idea what my role is going to be, but um, if it is the ninth inning,
1: I, I feel comfortable and confident with it. So Cora had cited the other day, like, all these stats. You go look up Matt Barnes, is o- the guys with the OPS against him. It was amongst the highest. He's basically insinuating that the way that they used you last year was almost like a closer. Like, I don't know if they showed you that. Did they show you that? Did they say, hey, hey, do you realize what you did last year in terms of the guys you were going against?
2: Uh, he gave me a sheet the other day, um, with both numbers. But um, he did. Yeah,
1: like with the with the who you went the players you went against. No, it was just
2: uh, Craig and I.
1: Oh, oh, comparing what yeah. like like OPS against and stuff yeah, like was, that. Yeah, yeah, it
2: was just showing showing our numbers side by side just on that statistic. It wasn't anything else. On, on No, it was high leverage innings pitched. Right, fair enough. No, like,
1: no, like how so? You have to describe this piece of paper more for
2: it me. It was just. Craig and I next to each other, and it just had the situations and the games in which we pitched, so whether it was down by three, down by two, down by one, all the way to up by three. Um, And it just showed how many times you had pitched in those scenarios, and I think it showed the OPS of all of your appearances or something along those lines.
1: How many times have you pitched in the ninth inning? I have no idea. I I didn't memorize it. What? Okay. Well, I don't know. I can look that up. That's the miracles of modern technology. Yeah. Um, but do you think? Do you subscribe? Even though you don't know how many times you pitch in the ninth inning, do you subscribe to the whole thing of that uh, ninth inning is different than the seventh inning and the eighth inning? Yes. You do. Tell yes. me why. I don't know. It just is. It's the last three outs of the game. I, I, I don't know why it's different. When did? You, but why do you feel that way? Why do you? What? there's a, must be a reason whether it's hey you know I it feels different the hitters approach me different I don't know why do you feel that way cuz you've seen what Craig did
2: yeah I, yeah maybe I don't know I mean
1: I don't I don't know why it's different I don't disagree with you by the way yeah
2: I don't yeah I don't know why it's different maybe it's because it's the last chance it's like I think hitters approach a different person I could see that I can see them approaching it. A little more, a
1: little tighter. A yeah. little like this game is on the line. Right. That's what Billy Wagner told me one time.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can see that. Guys like, it's our last <laughs> shot. And yeah. It's our last shot. and If we don't, the game's over. So, <laughs> how do you, uh,
1: did you ever think that you would be like, okay, let's say for the sake of this, in a conversation and be a closer, like five years ago?
2: Um, I don't, I don't know if I've ever thought about what role I would be. And I've always just thought about it either a starter or a reliever.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? Um, when you started relieving. I mean, relieving, starting relieving, I remember talking about it. You, you know, you have to get used to just the act right. of relieving. Right. I was I mean, I always
2: thought that I could be a closer. Mm-hmm. But in Boston, the line of closures, you know, when I first got up here, it was Koji. Koji's a stud. Mm-hmm. And then when Koji left, it, we signed Craig. And Craig's a Hall of Famer if he never plays again. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much you can actually think and they're, you know, and Craig is still young. I mean, he's in his thirties. So when you're pitching behind those guys and those guys have the ninth, I don't know how much you can actually say, "Oh, I'm gonna be a closer here,"
1: hmm.
2: because you're two guys who have been there had the ninth and they locked it down. Hmm. So I don't know how much you can actually say. Oh, well, I'm gonna be a closer. I, I mean, I always thought that I could be. Or I thought that I had the stuff to be a closer. Um, but in terms of Actually saying I'm going to be. I don't. I don't know if I did.
1: When did you re- When did you actually start thinking I have the stuff to be a closer? I mean, and obviously you could always throw hard. You had a curveball, but when did you feel like
2: the last couple of years, probably in 17.
1: Yeah, 17 and then into last year. When When What did you learn from watching Craig? Because you must have learned something too. I mean,
2: yeah, it's the way he, way he goes about it, about his business. I was talking to somebody the other day, and
1: um, was it a reporter? Yes. Ah, oh, then this is old news. But go ahead. It is old news. All right, go ahead. I'll tell you. I'll tell you something else I learned. Okay. From all so, right. I, so
2: well, you can write something else. All right. All right. Okay. Um, so one of the things that Craig does after every outing he throws is he runs. He'll run after every outing. He'll go up on the treadmill and he'll run a mile at whatever six and a half miles an hour and I never ran after outings. I never did it until last year. Mm -hmm. Um, Our offense was putting up 48 runs a game for the first month of the season, Mm -hmm. so I wasn't pitching a ton. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I did pitch, I felt like I kind of had jello legs because they weren't in pitching shape because I wasn't throwing that much. So I was like, the only way that I thought I could maintain the stamina in my legs was to start running, or running more than what we were doing out here, going Mm -hmm. for a longer distance run. So, I started running after every time that I pitched. And I would go up and I would run the mile. And um, he would start where he would work out after games because he never wanted to be tired prior to a game. Mm-hmm. So, I started adopting that as well. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to work out and then go out. And then maybe five hours later, and then like even if my legs are a little bit fatigued from that, mm-hmm. then you're either A, compromising your workout because you don't want to be fatigued, or you're compromising or could be compromising your performance because you are fatigued because you pushed it hard in the weight room. So I started working out after games. Mm. That way I gave myself the full night to recover going into the next day.
1: You're You're like, when you talk working out, so you go run a mile, and then yeah. you like bench and squat or whatever. Whatever you did. Yeah, all
2: that fun stuff. Yeah.
1: Max out on your bench. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. W- watch this. Watch this, Craig. I'm going to push up 350. No, I'm not. I know. Uh, but that makes sense. So that's one of the things you learned from yeah. him. In terms of. in terms,
2: Yeah, it was, a, it was the way he went about his business and his work ethic and how everything that he did, there was a rhyme and a reason. It was nothing he ever did was just because. There was a rhyme, there was a rhyme and a reason that everything that he did.
1: How about as as the actual art of closing? Was there anything? I mean, because that falls under sort of just being a relief pitcher, right? Well, how about the actual art of closing down a The
2: game? art of closing game. <laughs> Was
1: there, by the way, was there something else you were going to tell me? that was going to advance the story so that I don't, so that I look better than whoever wrote this.
2: No, the, I mean, no. I just the other thing I learned from him was the way he played a okay. game of catch. Okay.
1: So what?
2: The way he game, played a game of catch. How? <laughs> Well, this is this is what I told some the other day so
1: oh that's oh so so the running you didn't tell some no. the other day but the game of, yeah. tell me the game of catch too because I don't read anything
2: so the first time I ever played catch with Craig was in Montreal in our exhibition games in 2016 and um, we were sitting there and the way that he played his game of catch everything was so meticulous he knew everything that was going on and there was a purpose to every throw I never taking the game of catch overly serious it was just all right let's get the body loose and whatever Mm. but then i thought to myself i was like man if, if this guy's the best closer on the planet and he pays attention to his game of catch that seriously and that meticulously then i'm a fool for not doing the same thing so i started to really pay attention to that more and really focus more on when i'm playing catch um not only to make sure that I'm doing things the right way but it allows me to cut down the number of throws that I make in a game of catch if everything so if I go out there and then I make 25 throws and I'm loose mm-hmm. and everything feels good I'm done mm-hmm. and if you can cut out 5 to 10 throws a day for 162 games that's a lot of throws mm-hmm. that you saved with your arm and especially when you're playing deep, and deep into the postseason
1: mm-hmm.
2: those bullets count when it comes to September,
1: October. That's a good one. I look I look I like the other one better, so thanks for giving that exclusively to the Bradfoe show. Uh, ninth inning. So what did I mean closing? In terms of okay, we have the game of catch, we have the working out, those are both relief pitching things, pitcher things. Right. But actually, like the way that he handled closing out a game. Like for instance, um, like I remember like talking to Ryan about like he doesn't necessarily want to know where he, when he's pitching, right? So he's sort of Ryan Brazier. That is doesn't doesn't like I remember Papelbon. Papelbon, it was like okay, I'm going to do this in the fifth, this in the sixth, this in the seventh, this in the eighth. Right? Um, is there something you learned from Craig along those lines of like how do you lead into closing out a game?
2: I mean it's. I'm gonna prepare the same way whether it's the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got a routine that I go through in terms of studying hitters that are potentially coming up and, and getting my body loose. Um, I mean, he his mentality about closing the game. I mean, it was just it was his, and when he went in, the game was over, mm-hmm. and that was his mentality with everything. I mean, it we always joke, man. It's it's hard to it's hard to do things the way that he does them on the mound because he does a hundred miles an hour. And the ball rises. I mean, think there was an 88-mile-an-hour breaking ball. His stuff is just so electric that it's, it's hard to emulate what he does mm-hmm. because he's one of, like, two people in the world that can do that. Um, so it, it, it's hard to try and pick out how he attacks hitters or how he goes about it that way. You can only kind of look at a mentality standpoint or the way that he works to lead up to that. Because you can't emulate a hundred that rises from down here, mm. from a lower arm slot. That is, because we're not right. on the camera. I'm trying to. But yes, we, I can you, can. you painted the picture with, the, with, you. your, with your words. Thank yes. you. Um, you can't repeat what he does. It's just that's who he is. So it's hard to it's hard to take how he attacked hitters in that sense. It's but, more of a mentality.
1: But does that mentality, like you said, we all you and you grow up we watched closers, like you said, it was Koji, you know, before that. Papelbon and you have, you have all kinds of closers and, and and Craig was sort of the same that that same image of, you know, here comes the, the scoreboard with the fire on it and right. the song and the you know, psych right. yourself up and you can say it's the same thing, but when you're the you're a closer Right. It's got a
2: certain. It's got a certain. Um, cachet. Yeah. Or a certain stigma with it.
1: Yeah. Oh, stigma. Stigma is like you don't suggest that you don't think that you necessarily need the fire on the scoreboard. You can just be yourself.
2: No, the fire on the. I mean, you don't need the fire on the scoreboard. It's cool.
1: <laughs> it's really cool, and they like the matches, and
2: you got the music, and you're like, wow, this is awesome. No, he. Um, but yeah, there's a certain, um, I don't know what the word is,
1: no, I, there's it, a certain it, characteristic when you look yeah.
2: at them and you're like,
1: that's it. Who was your guy growing up? you like, I mean, you, you grew up in probably yeah. Mariana, right?
2: Honestly, the guy that I loved watching was Jabba Chamberlain. I loved watching him. When he first came up his rookie year, it was lights out. He
1: but he wasn't the closer.
2: No. But he was a hundred with a hammer. Yeah. And his energy on the mound is incredible. I just I loved watching Jabba Chamberlain pitch
1: when he came up with the Yankees. In, until the uh, until the bugs got him in Cleveland. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, there you go. But again, not a closer, but still his mentality of when he gets to the mound and yeah. I remember that. I remember Jabba. Yeah.
2: It was the same thing.
1: It was tight with him, with Clay Buckles, for really? some reason. Oh yeah, it was yeah. weird, it was a weird, yeah. He yeah. like,
2: hit like a 0. .6 that year, it was disgusting. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. It was disgusting. Um, so will you have the flames on the scoreboard if, if uh, presented? Or are you gonna change your... What was your, what's your uh, entry song? This year? Well, what was it last year?
2: Last year was Every Day by Eric Pridz. Why? Because I love that song.
1: Just because you like the song?
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Like I like that Bradley Cooper song that I got in my head from Fort Myers station down here all the time. I wouldn't have it as my intro song.
2: Bradley Cooper? He's an actor.
1: He's a singer too, Lady Gaga.
2: Oh that oh you're like the song from the movie. Yeah. Star is born.
1: Yes. Oh, okay, fair enough. But I'm not having that as my intro music. Well, yeah, I like yeah, the also, song. Yeah, but it's also gonna be a song that fires you up. Right. So so that song you had yeah. fired you up. Are you are you changing it up? Yes. What is it? I'm not telling you. Of oh, course. Nope. Why? You know what it is? I know exactly what it is. Okay. Is it... Uh, or maybe I'll give you the... You want, do you want the exclusive? Yes. you want the exclusive? Yeah, hum. do it right here.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm going to walk out to WOW by Tiesto.
1: Sing it. I can't. Hum it. No. <laughs> why? <laughs> I mean, why? pulled
2: up my phone and you can play... Why, no, it no, we'll, this is,
1: we'll, we'll drop it. We'll drop it in. I can do that. Um, although I might have some legal ramifications if I do. What... Uh. Why?
2: I, love, I mean, I love techno music and EDM yeah. music, and that's what I listen to, and that song fires me up. Uh,
1: alright, so why didn't you have it last year? Did it it's exist
2: last year? It's a newer song. Oh. <laughs>
1: it's,
2: a newer, it's a newer song. Alright, alright. And, and when a walkout's working and things are going, well, you don't, you don't change it. No, no I, I hear you. You know? Well, well things no, went well last year. Yeah. Right, but it's a new
1: year. Right. Okay. Um, what was the most nervous you were last year? So here's the thing. This is where I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna uh, praise I'm you. Most I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna praise you. Yeah. I've said this. That game at Yankee Stadium, which you pitched in, the last game at Yankee the Stadium. The clinching game. Yes, the okay. clinching game uh, was a Brazier and you. Now, yeah. Who pitched it? Brazier to the eighth. Oh, he oh, did.
2: I the did seven.
1: You said. Oh, You, say, you Brazier, then Sale, no, then no, sorry.
2: Frazier, that's right. Sailed through the eighth.
1: Yes. Craig through the ninth. I through the seventh. Frazier through the sixth. Yes. Yeah. So I was right the first time. Yes, you were. Um, but I've I've never been like in a stadium where it felt like that the stands were sort of closing in. And you know, like even in the seventh inning when you pitched, then it was like because the fans were sort of out of it. They'd been blown out, but then they're like, okay, desperation, desperation. And and you know, that's why I told Nunez. I mean, like that play that he made was insane. It was like it was it insane. It was like in the the stretch that Pierce made. Like if if they don't make that play, who knows? A big who knows? Right. Like an enormous who knows? Because they probably win that game. Then who knows? Right. But uh, but so if, if my point is, is that if you were ever going to feel nervous, despite besides just being on this podcast. If you're ever gonna feel <laughs> if you ever gonna feel nervous that would have been the game that I would have felt nervous in but you handled it
2: yeah mean, that, Yankee Stadium's is a tough place to play yeah it is it's a tough place to play it gets loud there um, that was the loudest though I've ever I'd ever seen it, it gets loud there it does but you gotta I mean I, I was I was so locked in on what I was trying to do. I couldn't look at who was in the box because it was the big boys. It you know was Judge, Stanton, and Dee. I mean, that's the
1: heart of their lineup. Those guys, I mean, those so guys. So you said you couldn't easy. look, like, so... No, no you, I,
2: I got my pitch, I'm trying to execute my pitch.
1: And you're trying to and basically, like, make your vision so the, the, whatever it is, the left side, the right, right side of the plate...
2: Right, even more so than normal. And I'm so locked in and I'm locked in on the eight guys behind me and the other whatever, thirty guys in the dugout. Mm-hmm. And what who started that game? Porsche started that game, right? Yeah. Porsche started that game? And what had done. And mm-hmm. just how those guys are grinding their ass off and busting their ass.
1: And I'm sure shit ain't gonna be me who's gonna give it up. I ain't gonna do it. And so you're based, when you went in, like you said, more so than maybe ever in your life, you said you didn't look at who was in the, right. in the batter's box. And I knew that Sale was in the
2: bullpen. Mm-hmm. I knew Sale was in the bullpen, and I knew we had Craig in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. It's my job to get to the ball to the next guy. And I didn't know what order they were throwing in, but when you have Chris Sale and Craig Kimbrell in the bullpen, does it matter what order they throw in?
1: No. Well... You you don't you're not looking at the the actual hitters, but you have to. Are you just relying on the? Are you relying on who's catching? I don't even know who's
2: catching. You know who's up, but you're not looking at them when you throw in the pitch. Right, right. I know who's in the box, and I know that I need to execute these pitches. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that I need to get the ball to the next guy. My job is to get the ball to the eighth inning, get it to the next guy.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: That is my job. that That is our philosophy. Get the ball to the next guy.
1: Is that the most locked in you've ever been in appearance?
2: The whole postseason. I mean, earlier in the series, I had standing at the plate with bases loaded and one out at Fenway.
1: Mm-hmm. And You did the same thing. It's the same thing, man. It's the whole postseason. You have to do like that. Especially when the guy sitting in the box is six seven and, and the reigning like... MVP. Yeah. Yep. So uh, yeah, you better make pitches. You make pitches or you don't. How Do you ever, I mean, is that something when you do, you just do when you get in that situation? Or is it like you guys like, okay, guys, don't look at the hitter. This is what you want to do. Or, I mean, well, the one at Fenway, I was like, well, man, you know what?
2: And I had just walked Gardner to get to Stanton.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think that's right. Yeah, I think I just walked Gardner to get to Stanton. And I was like, you know what? I was like, man, you better make some pitches quick.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You better start making some pitches quick. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to get ugly. And you and did. And you just... You tunnel vision it. You have to.
1: But uh, my point is, is that yeah, you can you, you tunnel vision, but you is this something? It seems like you did that more in those cases than you ever had. Yeah. Am I wrong? No. Okay. And that just comes from like you don't know you're gonna do that until you're actually there. No, I can. I did it in the bullpen. It starts you in, did? It starts in the pen. Okay. It starts in the but pen. But is that you, or is that sort of like... No, that's me. Saying, okay, you know, yeah. I know that it's I have right. to, it's I have to probably, do that. It's go time. I mean, that must have been, not to get all, like, sappy or whatever, but that that must have been a great learning experience for if you do end up closing, like, that's the... Like, that would be see, seemingly be a good approach to have every time. No question. No yeah. question.
2: And I, 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 think I told someone it, it's.
1: Well, then forget it. it. If no. you already told someone that, it <laughs> doesn't. But
2: in those situations, I can't imagine that if I'm in a save situation, if I am throwing in the ninth or whoever, I can't imagine that a save situation in April or May is going to be as tense or as stressful as. That situation against the yankees or second or third against houston and a one-run game in the seventh mm-hmm. with two outs you know mm. where a hit changes the the scope of the game drastically and even potentially a series then mm. i can't imagine that it's as stressful or as high well, leverage as that. but that's my point so then i can use you use that but well, that's the challenge. You use that to, and it's harder, and it's harder to emulate that situation. Right? Because wait, you, if you're, you
1: if you're in, if you're in, it's easy to get Baltimore. Up,
2: it's easy to get up for the World Series in the Right. ALCS. If
1: you're in Baltimore with three fans in the stands, right? And you know it's not the same, right? But, but that's when you can look back on that situation and be like, okay, get there,
2: right? Because now you know what that is, right? Once you've established what that locked in is and that mental scope or that mental perspective. Yeah. Once you've established to yourself what that is, it's easier to get back to it.
1: When did you realize that? Getting
2: to it in the first place is hard. Yeah.
1: Sounds it sounds like the postseason was a pretty good learning experience for you.
2: No, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean you're playing in the highest stage in the in the world against the best teams on the planet. If
1: you're not locked in, you're in trouble. But you, you can say that, but you never know until you get there. No question. Yeah. No question. That's why, you know, that, and that's why when, you know, the whole thing about, oh, is the bullpen going to do it? Do they have enough in the bullpen? Because because you don't know. I mean, you don't know. All you have to go by is a regular season. All we had to go by was a regular season when we we're, like, trying to predict things and everything right. else. But it sounds like you guys sort of, and you also, sort of like, nah, we know, we know sort of what we're made of and right. what we need to do. Right, I
2: think the, the
1: regular season, we threw, as a whole, the bullpen threw really well for probably 85% of the year. Mm. I remember you said uh, on the radio that it was the best bullpen in baseball. Remember that?
2: Yeah. yeah and, you we, were. and we were in the postseason.
1: Right. So you're, you were you were correct. So congratulations. At
2: crucial, so at the most crucial time of the season, we were the best. Yes. Right?
1: Okay. Congratulations.
2: Thank you. <laughs> but... It looked worse in the regular season because everybody went through a slump at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Everybody went through a slump for that couple of weeks stretch. When was that? August. August. Yeah. Which made it seem worse. But for the majority of the year, everybody was throwing really well.
1: Yeah. Well, you peaked at the right time, right? Right, we were just getting ready I mean, for the post. Joe Kelly made a lot of money at the right, you know, he pitched and he, at the what right. What he th- did in the postseason was incredible. Right, exactly. It was unbelievable. Right, but but it's, it's, I think he's a good example of what you're talking about, which is you you make adjustments, adjust. you learn what you have to learn, right. and then you make adjustments, and then you release the hounds. Right. So, there you go. All right. Um, how's spring training
2: going? It's going good. We're having yeah. fun.
1: Yeah. Right. That's super. i'm glad you're having fun yeah i mean
2: it's going good i mean body body feels great um you never really know how the body's going to come in after playing an extra month um but they did a you know the the medical staff and coaching staff strength staff has done a phenomenal job of of making sure that we had the appropriate rest Mm -hmm. so you know we're tapered back now in spring training um to give us, you know, enough rest and, and get our bodies into the right position. Did you ever
1: hit 100? Have I ever? No, did you? I remember it was a goal.
2: Last year? Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't think I did last year. I think 99.
1: So you still haven't hit 100? No, I did. When?
2: 16. I hit it probably five or six times.
1: Oh, uh, okay.
2: Yeah, i hit it before. Yep.
1: Okay, all right. Um. All right, well, I know you got to get going. So, last question. Do you have any questions for me? That's what I, that's how I you know you should know this this need, is how this is this is how this is you. this is how I end like end all these podcasts it's, it's my trademark what is one goal for you to accomplish during this season well last year that was easy that was an easy one lose 50 pounds you look great I ran 17 miles yesterday
2: you look, did you really
1: yeah run the marathon
2: good for you yeah
1: you do you look good well thanks man I did th- I reach full muscle capacity. All I can do is maintain now. I can't get any stronger. It's amazing. You can always get stronger. Eh, nah, I reach full muscle capacity. Okay. Um, what do I want to do this year? Yep. Um, and I'm going to hold you to it at the end of the season. I want. I want to. Uh, I want this podcast to be the greatest podcast of all time. Of all time. Of all all baseball, Greatest baseball podcast of all time. I want to. I want to grow.
2: Okay. So how I do you want... measure that?
1: Well you can measure it on iTunes and numbers and everything. Okay, so you else. want his subscribers. I, or listeners. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Which isn't gonna I just want it to grow. I want this so to grow. I want it, this so, to grow. So set it so
2: t- set a tangible.
1: I don't I don't have the num I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yeah. I will I will get those numbers to you. Okay. I will deliver the sheet much like Alex Core delivered the sheet to you.
2: Okay. So it says you want to double you want to double the number of listeners that you currently have. Yes,
1: that's a good one. So you want, you want to double Here's the problem. Yep. Here's the problem is that so we're sitting here and I don't know what it is like over 20 minutes, okay? Yep. Like so I'm around you guys, it's yep. fine. You guys are usually pretty accommodating with your time. But when you get in the season, when you ask somebody to do a podcast, like it's hard. It's hard to like, hey, can you spend 30 minutes, 40 minutes right. doing this podcast and and that usually those are the best ones where we're just like right now where it's spring training we're just sitting around talking. Right. But you couldn't do this during the season. Except we did. Yeah, but it was it's except a rare. But that but that one was like I'll, I'll go. But well, look, that was 19 minutes. That was like even then that was and I appreciate that was above and beyond in terms of what. Usually the time well,
2: I'll is. Give, I'll give you one. Or two. We could. I'll, I'll promise you one or two
1: during this. Season. I appreciate that, but this is. What I'm saying this is. I'm not saying that anyone's an asshole for not. doing. know. I know. But it's the the, the time is a challenge. Yep. Like Mookie does one one a year, usually in July, and it's great. It's like 30 minutes. We sit in the dugout, and it's always fantastic. But I understand. It's like you can only do that once in a while. Like I did one with Craig. Yeah. It was like 13 minutes. <laughs> you know. It's like right. it was hard. and It wasn't. it's was not. It wasn't a jerk, but I'm like, right. it was. It's you know he's running around and stuff right. like that. So my point is that you do you listen to podcasts at all? Um,
2: sometimes,
1: not a ton. So what's the sweet spot in terms of the length of a podcast that you're listening to? And when do you usually listen to, it, if you do listen?
2: I really don't listen to. It, okay, I'm,
1: that's fine. But, but usually, I mean,
2: but, yeah, but I mean. Probably right around the
1: 15-minute mark. No, on, Honestly, no. 20 minutes? Like thir- yeah, well...
2: Say but between, I have a shorter attention span.
1: That's fair. But so there's two different kinds. Like, I could just sit around, like... and I can sit around with some writers, and we can just talk, right? Right. Or I could do players and get actually, like, inside of what we're talking about it now. That's a different sort of one. Right. Um, or, you know, there's different ways to do it. Uh-huh. I'm trying to find that sweet spot. I'm trying to find... What would the thing what would be the podcast that would interest you more, the most? Like as someone who barely listens to podcasts, what would Like would it be something along a entire podcast on relief pitchers running in from the bullpen? Probably
2: not because I think you can only talk about that so much.
1: That's what I feel
2: like, yeah. Because you only talk about that so much.
1: It would be uh, it would be something like maybe I, I don't know. I mean
2: Oh, you're talking about just the baseball because like I, I uh, wouldn't listen to a baseball podcast and that's just because I'm in the game. So if lost. you
1: if you were gonna conduct this podcast, how would you do it? That would be of most interest to you. What do you just talk about like planning weddings? What do you just talk about I,
2: mean, I, think, I think there's a certain aspect of of the game that you talk about the game and what's going on with the team, but I think there's a lot of it that people wanna know the players like who they are right. like who are you yes right I mean you can sit here and we can talk for you know hours about the season and guys and the team and stuff like that but like who are you you know I think it, it gives people and it makes it more personal who, who are you as a person and mm-hmm. it kind of gives you a little bit into do, do,
1: do you think so do you think players want like so if I go say to players and say you know when you do a podcast I want to talk about you right do you think players want to talk about that more than the actual a lot of stuff that we're talking about
2: I think it's probably an even split
1: yeah you know well, play, guys don't like talking about themselves
2: no but but there's also only so much you can talk about in baseball you know I guess. And and, and people, and, and like you get, you can see what's going on in the field. I mean, you know, you're going to talk about a player's perspective of what's going on in the field, but fans can't, they can't see what goes on outside of the field, really. You know?
1: Yes. Like you don't connect
2: on that level. As but
1: some guys don't want to talk about
2: that. As much, well, you know, that's, that's their prerogative,
1: right? Who is, the, who is the person outside baseball that you would love to interview the most?
2: Person outside of baseball that I would love to interview the most?
1: That would be the coolest to coolest to meet slash interview that you would like to sit down and have a conversation with? Because I'm going to make that happen and then we'll, we'll do it on this podcast. There's probably three people I've always said I want to. Jesus Christ, Abe Lincoln, and well, no, <laughs> they're all
2: they're all living because we're gonna try and. Okay. Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. Dwayne Johnson. Okay. And. Kevin Hart.
1: Kevin Hart. The comedian. Yep. Why? 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 It's hysterical. Ah. <sighs> Okay. All right. Well, uh, we're we'll, we're gonna effort that. We're gonna, if I do that, you'll. We, if I if good luck
2: getting Kevin Hart now with the way you responded. Listen,
1: that's sometimes that's the best way to get people to come on. Maybe you rip them, and then they say, "Hey, to come on and defend yourself." All right, Shaq, Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart,
2: AKA the Rock.
1: Yes, I. I, I know that. Well, just in case. Okay. All right. All right, we'll make that happen. This we this is good because we've set goals for ourselves. That's if we're gonna do anything today, it's good that we set goals for us. I had a terrible goal. That's a terrible goal. Let me get back to you on that goal. Okay. I mean, I wanted to say the usual, which is be a better person. Yeah, no. Um, be better at my job. Be a better husband. Be a better. No, wa- you have uh, to set. Be a right, how do you
2: measure that? Set a tangible.
1: Here's like, a, you either do it or you don't. Here's my goal. Right. Well, I'm gonna run the marathon. Yep. Okay. So that's a goal. The Boston Marathon? Boston Marathon. Nice. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, I also, my other goal is to raise enough money so I can send my last child to college. Awesome. That's, that's a goal. <laughs> okay. If you want to contribute to either one of those, go okay. ahead. All right. I, uh, thank you for taking all this time.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man.
0: Keep your car looking its absolute best year round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. Both products are available now at Advance Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine... Web browser, one click data clearing, email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with a push of a button. DuckDuckGo, Privacy Simplified. Welcome to History Is Us. I'm Dr. Eddie S. Glaw Jr. Join
2: me as we journey through history to face the ugly truths at the heart of the
0: American story. Throughout this series, we explore who we are as a nation. Listen to History Is Us, a creation and presentation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals, and John Meacham Studio,
2: available now on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.